Good evening, wrestling fans, and welcome to the Wrestle Talk Podcast. For the next two hours, we will bring you the latest pro wrestling news, in-depth analysis of all your favorite promotions from across the globe, and much, much more. We will also bring you exclusive interviews with the greatest professional wrestling personalities on the local, national, and international levels. If you want to follow the Wrestle Talk podcast, check us out online at www.wrestletalkpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. And now, it's time for the reigning, defending, undisputed leader in pro wrestling podcast, the Wrestle Talk podcast. Wrestling fans, that's right. You are here live with the Wrestle Talk Podcast. We got one heck of a show lined up for you tonight. But before we get going, let's go ahead and get our host for the night in here, ladies and gentlemen. That's right. So let's go ahead and start with our uh, our normal host here on this Tuesday night. You know, the night owl won't be with us, but his cohort is still here. So let's get the man in here himself, the man who is trying to make wrestling great again. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. He is the one and only, the fabulous Dick Douglas. Well, I, thank you. Um, I don't know if we're going to make it great again. I don't. It, was it ever great, really? You know, I mean, I think there's always been some things we can change. But I'm excited to be with you, right? Uh, and, uh, you know... Renee being sick, it's ridiculous. Uh, it's actually ridiculous. And hello from uh, Topeka. Well, hello from St. Louis. Well, the bottom line is this. Two weeks ago, I came in sicker than a dog. I did two hours. I did two hours, Haas. And what did he do today? He called in sick. And this is why we need Dick Douglas to save professional wrestling. This is why professional wrestling needs Dick, because there's no sick days. There's no sick days. But that's Okay. I don't blame Renee. I don't blame him. Who's who's my guest? Who's my guest co-host? You, you know, we all aspire to be as good as you are. And, True. you know, just some of us fall a little short. But All the know. time. It's okay. But, yeah, let, let's go ahead and get your, your co-host in here for the night. Uh, so, filling in for the night owl, Renee Martinez, is the one, the only... The maestro, Jeremy Carp. Thank you, thank you. What is I'm up, gentlemen? Surprised he's not 15 minutes late this time. I uh, know, hey, right? How are you doing? I'm doing okay. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I even told Renee, I said, be prepared. I might be 15 minutes late, but look at that. We're I think rolling. You TJ. You know, this is TJ Everhart. He says, what a dick. Uh, TJ Everhart, great referee, but he hated the fact that, Jeremy, you saw what I said on uh, social media a few weeks ago. We need to change some fundamental principles in professional wrestling. We need to change some rules. They're outdated. And TJ didn't like it. He thought I was going completely against uh, referees. And a lot of uh, referees are just, let's be honest, they're terrible. They're absolutely terrible. There needs to be more qualifications to become a referee. And uh, TJ's part of that. Uh, He's a great referee, though. He just doesn't like me. Anyway, Jeremy. I-70 Sports Media, how's it going? 
It is going pretty well, Dick. How are things going with you? Uh, we're going to get to that in a little bit. Um, you know, we got Dynamo Pro Wrestling this Saturday night, Keon Option Battle Royal, uh, Memorial Battle Royal. It's going to be a great night. A lot of people are coming. Uh, a lot of people. Uh, yeah, right there. Look at that. Even though it's covering my face, I still like it. And, uh, you know, it's going to be a great night of, uh, of wrestling. Show starts today. You'll see Jeremy Carp there, and uh, you'll see uh, Dick Douglas with his uh, wave of supporters. And a lot of uh, a lot of hijackers and lobbyists that have been trying to boo me out of a building. I threw a couple out just a few weeks ago. It was it was disgusting. It was a disgusting disgrace. Uh, but we're going to talk about that later. We have a great show with two great guests. And uh, Haas, you want to break it down for us before we get into our sponsors? Um, yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got two great guests on here tonight. Um, as always, you know, we have Dean coming on from Soar Wrestling. That's going to be great. And we have Carl, who is a Midwest Hall of Famer coming on. So, you know, got to be looking forward to those guys. I would say so. And, you know, that's why I'm excited to uh, do this tonight. Even though, you know, Different circumstances because we're a week away from one of the, our campaign's biggest uh, nights in uh, St. Louis. But to have two great uh, wrestling minds coming on the show tonight with you and Jeremy uh, is always great. Uh, but before we get into uh, to uh, you know high spots, let's uh, break down our sponsors of uh, tonight's show like we always do. And uh, let's just start it off with Everything Combat, King Kate Arcade, the eSports Bar, KC, Jeremy Carp, no, uh, Interstate 70 Sports Media, great Great source for your uh, sports news. Here in the St. Louis area, especially Royal Mills Transportations, Painter Dreams Productions, Rathbun Engraving. Where's that mug at? Do we have the mug? Is it available? Me Fiesta, KC Party Rentals, Nobleman's Bar, Barber Lounge, KC, Missouri. Ask for Pete the Barber. That's the mug you can get. Oh, that beauty mug. And the FWWC, like always. But, Jeremy, since you've made this voyage on to a different... Uh, night of the week and then maybe doing some double duty why don't you start off high spots do you have anything you want to talk about tonight uh, I hold, on, actually, hold on wait a minute We're uh, not uh, on oh, do we have yet. to do we have Come on, to no, do no. we have you, you to. have got to do things in order <laughs> oh, do boy. we have to do <laughs> this isn't gonna be good so you know as always at, unfortunately as we do in this point of the show right you know i, I know it is jeremy's Favorite part of every oh. Tuesday night. Oh so at this time, as always, Jeremy, I would... tried before you go any further. I tried to get this moved streamlined by. I know. I, I give you so much credit for really trying, but you know, hosses pause. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I I'm I'm just following format, right? You know. But you know, as, as always, if you would remove your hats. Place your hands over your heart as we pay homage to the best damn country around, and that is America, damn it.
Get her out of here. That was just you know, I, awful. You know, I, that's okay. Like I said, I tried to get through it, uh, Jeremy. I tried to get us a little bit of leeway. And, uh, you know, by the way, have you noticed how much brighter my face is today? I think we got new studio lights and we're trying them out. So I just wanted to, you know, I'm not, I normally don't glow this much. I'm not pregnant if anyone had any rumors, but, um, you know, <laughs> I mean, I guess you're just preparing for, uh, you know, this, this Saturday for another big appearance. That's right. Well, we haven't gotten to the, uh, the sauna yet in the salon, but Hoss, I appreciate uh, Roseanne Barr just as much as the next cancel uh, culture Twitter person does, <laughs> but you know, it's, um, it's great to uh, follow things in order, and we thank you for that. So, um, is is next? Is it okay with you, the boss of the show, for high spots? Is that okay? Uh, yes, we can go ahead and get into high spots just as soon as we hit that wonderful music by DJ Money oh, to okay, get us yeah. into that high spot. Absolutely. My check, my check. to us through the FWWC page. There is a link at the top of it or somewhere um, for the actual show. Be sure to click that link. If you don't click that link, you're going to come up as Facebook user and we have no idea who you are. And we would love to know who you are as we show your show your comments and everything. So please click that link so we can see your name and uh, know who who's interacting with us because we always love to know who our fans are that are interacting absolutely well some of them some of them i don't think we want to know who all of them are i mean there's some that are pretty mean to me and i don't know if i want to know them right i think that's a fair argument right jeremy oh yeah okay fair enough well uh would you like to answer this comment john well she uh she tends to help host the FWWC tonight on Thursday nights, and uh, if we had to, we we might pull her in for a show or two. But uh, she's just not a normal everyday host that we rotate in. There you go. Well, with that being said, high spots, Jeremy Carp, John Haas. I will let you guys as gracious. As I am of a person, you know, I like to hear my opinion. But what do you guys want to talk about first? I have a couple of things that we can talk about in regards to, um, you know, maybe television ratings. Maybe uh, we can talk about a little bit of what's going on in Missouri and the independent scene and maybe jumping the gun and not uh, doing enough preparation. I have a couple of different avenues we can go down. But what do you guys want to talk about while we're uh, preparing for our. So the one thing that really came to my head recently is. And for those that watch Monday Night Raw over the past, honestly, two months, have noticed Alexa Bliss has not been on television. 
And a lot of people have been wondering what's up with that. I mean, she's the highest, believe it or not. I mean, she is one of the top merchandise sellers in all of WWE. And the reason because she is not on TV lately is because, I mean, quite frankly, in their words, a no creative direction for her character. Now, she was originally going to get involved in the feud between Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair, but those plans were nixed. She hasn't been seen on TV since. I mean, how do you guys feel that about how WWE is treating Alexa Bliss, not just as a character, but as a person, because she's one of the hardest workers, like I said, one of the top sellers as far as merch goes, and obviously for Vince McMahon, that's a big thing, and yet somehow they find a way to not use her, and we usually know how this ends up. Right. Uh, well, I'll, I'll dive into it uh, first. Um, and, and Drew kind of hit it kind of a little bit with her getting married. And that has something to do with it, but also, too, let's say it's not the married reason, right? Maybe it's because they really just don't have a creative direction and the dirt sheets are right or whoever's right about this. Is it a bad thing, right? So we've seen so many times um, how many times they've run out of ideas for certain people and then they just kind of job them out for two and three years. They get released because of a budget cut. And, you know, sometimes they do well in the Indies, sometimes and most of the time they don't and they kind of die off. So. In this case, you know, regardless of the reason, it, it's still it's still in her best interest, and I think in the long run, good for everything. And uh, that's just kind of where I stand on it. I don't know, John. What do you think? You know, um, I, I've been hearing a lot about this lately uh, with her not being on TV and everything. And you know, just like Drew said, and and you touched on as well. You know, she did just get married. Uh, she has been out on her honeymoon. And I actually read something that said now the honeymoon is over and uh, she's looking at coming back and they are looking mm-hmm. at bringing her back. It's just a matter of is she coming back as a fiendish type character or is she coming back as uh, a fun loving Alexa Bliss? You know, how is she coming back is the true question um, from one of the things that I read. Uh, but one thing for sure with the amount of merchandise that she sells and the fans that she has behind her and everything, I'm sure she'll be coming back as a face character, no matter whether it's fiendish or not. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I definitely think it's fair, but do you, in your opinion, do you just run her right into the main event, you know, spot right away or the top woman spot right away, or do you let her build a little bit um, after basically what a year and a half, almost, it seems like or almost a year for sure of her not being anywhere remotely near the product. Well, what do you do? Well, you have a Ronda Rousey, you have a, Sha- a Sasha Banks, Charlotte, you have all these women that should in all seriousness be champions in, in anyone's company. And now you got a fifth one added to the mix. What do you do with all this, with this talent and how do you make it interesting is my question. Yeah. I, I think they have to bring her back in and build her back up. Um, I know she'll have a lot of fans behind her because, I mean, she still has that fan following. There's still all that talk. But I don't think you bring her back and just throw her directly into the main event. I I don't think that um, she is that big of a superstar to where that happens, uh, like some of the others, like Ronda Rousey and some of the other names. But, um, But I definitely think that she's probably coming back soon. Right. Oh, definitely. Um, 
Kansas City Extreme Wrestling uh, this Saturday at Soccer Nation. Don't miss it. And uh, that's from Renee Martinez, or uh, as I like to call him, Renee calls in sick Martinez, not the night out today. Um, but neither here or there. The night out, um, not the night out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, uh, there it is. So um, real quick, let me get into my high spots topic uh, really fast. And uh, oh, that's a nice emoji. Um, real fast, we see uh, this last week after WrestleMania, four com- or uh, you know four shows not doing necessarily as well as they were uh, you know during WrestleMania buildup and that kind of uh, building phase with television ratings. Just a question here, and this is something we need to really address: Is it accurate anymore to judge a company's success based solely on TV ratings? Because we're seeing it from both sides of the uh, uh, aisle now here with AEW. With WWE, you know, they're, you know, WWE does over 2 million, um, you know, a week prior, and now they're, you know, back down to 1.8. So that's a over 20% drop. Dynamite's under a million, so many other things. But we're in an era now of social media. We're in an era now of streaming and different avenues. So are television ratings necessarily important? I mean, do they actually matter? That's my question tonight. That's the, to me the biggest one of the year is how are they going to start judging? truly judging this competition and this uh, this race more accurately. So in my opinion, and I take a look at, you know, how important ratings used to be kind of when we were growing up and Haas was growing up and everything and how literally the basis of the companies were off of what they got in TV ratings. Right. Um, but you flash forward, it's 2022 and, you know, Dick, you had mentioned it with all the streaming services and all the different avenues that you can watch a wrestling program. I mean, just look at AEW. They put two or three of their shows on YouTube for free. So the way I look at it, while you can judge a company's success to an extent off the TV ratings, you cannot solely base it off of them. I feel that, you have to take everything into account. Consistent quarterly success economically. Um, honestly, you also have to check in on just co- company morale. You know, see w- if the people that work in that certain promotion are happy being there. Right. And yeah, you factor in TV ratings to an extent, but at the same time, you know, if say one week Raw draws $1.5 million, and dynamite seven hundred thousand, but you add an additional maybe three hundred thousand per show on DVRs and streams and such. That doesn't really make it a bad, you know, rating in the end because there's still people that are tuning back in. It's just convenience nowadays. They don't have to make as much of an effort to be in front of their TV on Monday nights at seven o'clock, like we had to, right. know, we had to be like, Oh crap, we got to get home ASAP. Make sure to be in front of that TV on channel 28, you know, or on spike TV or something. Nowadays, we don't have to worry about that. We have the show recording to where we don't even have to record it each week. It automatically will do it, you know? So I think it has a factor, but it's not the sole factor. Right. And, and I get what Drew's saying here too, with they maintain their, how do they maintain it? Well, it's simple. I mean, they're, the key demographic is really what they're looking at now. You know, that's that's kind of their bigger, uh, you know, your, your bigger metric. So whenever you have, uh, um, you know, 
them complaining, oh, they're only getting a million, they're only getting 700,000, 600,000, but what are they pulling that night? Uh, you know, that's their metric they're following now. That's what, you know, everyone's kind of been going off of. And the the people screaming bloody murder for, oh, draws down to a million and a half. Well, yeah, but also uh, it brings me to this point, and John, uh, you know, let me know what you think about this, is uh, WrestleMania beat Super Bowl out in social media engagement. I mean, killed it. And, you know, everyone can make the uh, assumption that, oh, well, you know, NFL's down in popularity. They're going through some turmoil. Uh, you know, they got a lot of stuff. It's a rough road for them. But at the end of the day, it's WrestleMania beating out the Super Bowl for social media engagement, social media interaction, social media views, social media everything. So is it, is it time now that maybe uh, you see some of these executives like Nick Khan or some of these uh, executives making television deals use these uh, factors more and uh, making a decision whether or not to even stay on cable anymore, because how many people are getting off of, of, of cable? I mean, are, are we going to see here in five years, HBO Max picking up a live stream and starting to do live broadcasts on Wednesdays and live broadcasts on Fridays? It's not to say it's too far off. I mean, anything's possible. And we're in a, a situation when you're in a, in a dying industry and in, in television, especially cable television. Yeah, I, I tend to think you're going to see more and more with uh, streaming services and stuff. And, you know, for one thing, you know, I think they can make more off of the streaming services than they do um, from Comcast or any of these right. cable companies. Right. Um, but, you know, also there's rather than ratings, you know, I, I've said time and time again, wrestling fans are their own type of thing. You, you can't really measure the wrestling fan because the wrestling fan, you know, right now you may have 3 million wrestling fans interested in wrestling. Uh, next, next month, you may only have a million of them, but then give it a couple months down the road and you're going to be back to 3 million again. Right. You know, they, they go in waves and, so I don't think that the ratings can really be measured the way that a lot of other things can, because wrestling fans where they may lose interest one week, they'll, they'll have it again the next week. Um, mm -hmm. Not just that. I mean, you look at, look at the product that the indies are putting out. There are a lot of great indie shows out there and they're not on TV. Right. But, you know, they're drawing great crowds week after week, you know, to these indie shows. And like I say, they are putting out a really great product. It, you can't measure ratings with them other than ticket sales. But, you know, that's... well, I mean, in all fairness, yeah, I get what you're saying. But I mean, it's hard to compare that to the WWE or Dynamite or, or even an impact to in all seriousness probably gets out beat out in ratings or beat out in views by other local indie promotions. You know, it's just, that's, that's a thing. It's just, my thing is it, we're, there's gotta be a change. And that's what I'm kind of alluding to in the way that we kind of measure success of companies now uh, in this new age of, of technology and distribution, like you've just kind of hinted at. Right, and just look at um, honestly, I think Chris Rodell just nailed the hit the nail on the head with his most recent comment about. Uh, yeah, hold on, let me read it first. Uh, I mean, well, that, like, exactly what I just said. Don't don't say Chris Rodell. I said that first. I said that 
first. It's a dying industry. Right. I said specifically yes. cable. Okay. Nick Douglas said it, and Chris Rodell reiterated it. But it is you. true. I mean, you hear people cutting, you know, cutting the box, you know, switching from straight cable to streaming services. I mean, people would much rather have five different streaming services than one cable box from Spectrum. And that's just the way it is these days. So, true. yeah, it is a hard measuring stick for the entire basis of a company. Right. But I, I believe part of the breaking news here overall, though, is that Chris Rodell actually agrees with Dick Douglas that ratings mean nothing. See, you this know, is that, Saturday, that's breaking so can... news by itself. <laughs> this is this is Dick Douglas's way of changing professional wrestling. He it's... literally just got Chris Rodell to agree with him. Just wait for Saturday. Just wait oh for God. Saturday. I'm... It's going to be. This is great. This is a great start to the week, and it's going to exactly. end Saturday. It's going great. Um, but yeah, Chris Rodell, a very intelligent man in this in this regard, and he'll be on Roundabout Sports tomorrow night. So. Oh, that's right. That. Absolutely. We saw that uh, earlier. And uh, can we get to uh, the latest comment from Rene Martinez? What about his breaking news? What am I missing? What am I not being informed of? Uh, his breaking news Ethernet is... cable stocks went up. Uh, Tony Khan will make an announcement this week about an announcement that he'll be announcing soon. That is the breaking news. <laughs> All right. No, get him out of here. Out. Out. Where's Jonesy when you need <laughs> Jeremy Carp, what are we talking about? What's on your mind? Are, so are here's another interesting one that uh, popped my mind. So, okay, I was just checking it out. And this one, in mind you, we're in 2022. One, so Daniel Garcia, AEW wrestler Daniel Garcia st- said, uh, excuse me, the difference between pro wrestlers and sports entertainers and how you can be both of them. Now, I think it's a well-known fact that Vince McMahon, you know, God love him, you know, changed the face of wrestling forever. But he likes referring to, you know, those that are contracted as sports entertainers, not professional wrestlers. You know, Paul Heyman said it best. To Vince, it's a dirty word, wrestling is. But Daniel Garcia said, uh, you can be a legit wrestler and still be a sports entertainer. Any style can be sports entertainment. Eddie Guerrero, for example, he was an incredible in-ring wrestler and a great sports entertainer. That is the mold or that is the mold, that is the blueprint of what being a great pro wrestler is and a great sports entertainer. So, um, Haas, I want to ask you, and I know once uh, Dick Douglas comes back, I want his opinion on it, but do you think this day and age, with everything, with all the social medias, all these dirt sheets, how you're able to be portrayed on TV, is it possible... To be both a professional wrestler and a sports entertainer. Well, you know, there there are lots of professional wrestlers who um, are, are great entertainers. There are some that aren't so much. Um, but, you know, overall, you know, 
the ones that don't like to call professional wrestlers professional wrestlers, yeah, let them go out there and you know get body slammed on the mat or have some of these other moves put on them that these guys go through week after week, night after night, and see how they feel. Yeah, right. And, and tell me that you don't have to be a professional athlete in order to go through this stuff. You know, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't see it. They, they have to be professional athletes to go through it. Now I know some people say, Oh, they're just glorified stuntmen. You know, now there, I know glorified stuntmen uh, that aren't in as good a shape as professional wrestlers. It, it's, you can be both, but you know they should be classified as professional wrestlers and professional athletes. They put everything into this and they train hard and they deserve to be respected. That that's just my opinion on it. Well, you know, and I definitely agree because I remember I've had, you know, uh Luke Roberts and uh, we had a comment over here earlier by TJ Everhart, you know, great, great guy, great referee. And I've had them on roundabout sports in the past. And I asked them both. I said, what would you say to somebody that would come up to you? And they said, pro wrestling is fake. And they said basically what you said, Hoss, get in the ring, take a bump. And, you know, I've been right in the ring. I've been right next to the guys taking bumps. And I've put together and taken apart those rings. Let me tell you something. There ain't jack shit that's fake about it. There is not. Yeah, you predetermine the outcome. But other than that, let me tell you something. For Dynamo Pro... The commentary table that Luke and I are at is on the far side of the gymnasium. You can hear the chops across the gym. It is like an echo. And then you see the red marks after the match on guys like Adrian Surge, or you'll see Camaro Jackson, you know, like with scratches all over from the shots he took. This, this is real. Okay. And I agree. I feel like when you call them a sports entertainer as opposed to a professional wrestler, it kind of demeans the whole thing. And, you know, you can, I think Daniel Garcia is right that you can be both. But I think from a pure marketing standpoint, you should be considered, you should be able to be considered a professional wrestler without getting this look of disdain or somebody like, uh, he's, he's a pro wrestler. No, that, that fake shit. No. Um, but, uh, Hey, there he is. Dick, I got a question for you. I was just, uh, I really want your opinion on this. I don't know if I can, I don't think we can hear you. Sorry. My team was sitting in and filling me in. And by the way, I needed to take a break. For the people, I needed a charger. We had no charger. I had to run for a charger. What's your question, Jeremy? All right, so I was bringing it up to Haas, and 
So Daniel Garcia recently went on an interview on a podcast and stated that it is possible and it should be possible for you to be both a professional wrestler and a sports entertainer. Now, you know as well as I do that there's promoters out there who think pro wrestling is a dirty term, whereas others feel the opposite in regards to sports entertainment. Well, well I've, uh, let's clarify. I feel like there's one person that might think it's a dirty word at this point in time. And I, in all seriousness, I think Vince just kind of gets a kick out of not letting people say it more than anything now. I think it, at first it was, and I think it just kind of turned into Vince being kind of, you know, I'm going to get, and it's an insurance thing and they can't say pro wrestling because of certain things I know, but, but uh, you're right. That indie scenes need, there's always that backdoor promoter that thinks that there's a difference. And do you think that in 2022 with everything regarding social media and how things aren't so close knit, like they were back in, you know, the early mid nineties and in the eighties, do you feel it's possible for a wrestler to be both a professional wrestler and that sports entertainer. Yes. CM Punk. Without yeah. a doubt. Uh, I think that's a that's a, a, a fair assessment. I, and I think that, um, you know, a lot of people like sports entertainment. I, the thing I, I think that's terrible about this all, and like Drew just said, he likes to watch, you know, sports entertainment. Would rather watch it. A lot of people believe that. Um, I think that that's the biggest problem is that, in all seriousness, there's just – I think that there, it's just like saying the word lobbyist and consultant, right? It's it's basically one and the same, depending on the situation, depending on uh, what you're consulting about and different things. But nine times out of 10, you're consulting on something to get something changed for somebody else. Therefore, you're lobbying to get something done. It's no different. Um, so I think the sports entertainment and professional wrestling word, really, there's it's the same thing. The only difference is, is there's just different degrees of, of wrestling, right? Uh, there's different degrees of pool. There's different uh, degrees of, of swimming, of, of golf, of certain things that become team sports, individual sports. And I think that that's all it is, is just a varying degree of it. It's like, would you rather watch, and this is a hypothetical, Jeremy, but would you rather watch uh, Michael Phelps do a 100-yard uh, freestyle or a 100-yard butterfly stroke, right, in the Olympics? Right. Uh, regardless, you're watching him swim, Right. It's yeah. just a different style of swimming. And I think that that's, that's the biggest problem right now is that there's just this like hypothetical war and th- theoretical, more likely, war over sports entertainment and professional wrestling. Uh, and, and I think that that's a problem. Um, you know, let's, let me ask you this. And, and John, feel free to hop in on this also. Um, as, are, are we going over, by the way, Haas? Make sure you yell at me if I'm going too long. Well, no, uh, feel freak. I was actually just going to give a uh, quick update just as soon as I got a chance on Carl Lauer. Um, we are having some technical difficulties. We're working to see okay. if we can get him in. Um, no, no, I just, just yell at so, me if I'm going too long. I'm being, I'm being a good guy today. Yeah. So, so for now, let's just keep on getting on and, uh, and no, this is great until uh, we can get there, you know? Right. So, um, my question is, is, and I'll answer it kind of with this question, is is the pop Vince McMahon got for taking off his jacket, right, um, you know, at Mania. That was, I think you could say, uh, probably as big of a pop as CM Punk's debut, uh, without a doubt. You have 70,000 people in there. Yeah, now 
you can argue the degree of the eruption and the different tone of it. And yeah, he was finally there, but it's the same thing. Vince McMahon didn't go into a wrestling ring to have a match in over, you know, 15 years. And it was this big shibuzi. And it was in all seriousness, the biggest piece of shit anyone's ever seen. Right. I mean, it wasn't good. I got, but I got enjoyment out of it, but I totally get where you're coming from. I really do. But everyone loved it because it it is what it is, right? It's WrestleMania. And then you get Vince and Austin comes out and Vince takes the worst stunner ever. And Austin laughs. And it was still awesome because you had that nostalgia feeling you had pro wrestling. And that's the same thing as what it is, is as you know, what they do on, on Wednesday night, on TNT. It's no different. It's just a different style of it. And I think people should just like everything, you know? Uh, um, and I'm trying, I'm reading comments as they come in and I, and I kind of, uh, uh, yeah, I kind of agree with that. Let's see. Honestly, y'all might disagree. I think sports entertainment is a more accurate way to describe what we love. It's sports, uh, but also entertainment produced scripted. And that's really all professional wrestling is. That's kind of what my whole elaborate kind of go around of this was, is it's the, it's the same thing. It's just no different than ECW in the nineties and WCW in the nineties and then WWF. And there's, there's three different styles, right? And Vince ultimately won. Oh, get him out of here. <laughs> hey boys, how's everybody doing? What is a big sexy. Whoa, hold on, real quick, real fast. Did you get a portrait painted of you? No, why? <laughs> why? Oh, are you? Oh, oh, are, are you talking? Are you talking about the phone thing? That's from my mother. That's that's from my. That's been in my family for the last fifty years. So I apologize. No, wow. I'm, I'm just. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I apologize. But, <laughs> no, what's how up, are guys? We? Big sexy. How so, you doing? Are you are you pont- are you pontificating on anything good tonight? I am. We have a couple of different things we were talking about pro wrestling sports. We do not need a no Lance cameo. No, there's no no no. Uh, no. 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 You no. no. actually for, for you, uh, Joe is actually unavailable. We did talk to him at one point about coming in tonight, and you know he he's he, unavailable. He did this so. is great. This he is did fun. Ju- he did just see Fozzie, so that 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 was good. But oh, I'm he, sorry he, for him. But but he is the world's biggest snitch fan, so. Uh, and and we uh, got to talk about that here in a couple of minutes. But no, we no we don't. Tonight. No, we, we don't. Tonight on something, I think that's something we need to. Discuss. Well, we did because because ratings are not the be all and end all anymore. This isn't 1997, 1998. This you this know, is that's that that was what drove drove the money to the companies was the ratings. We're not in 1997, 98 anymore. Ratings yeah. is only one part of it. You got streams. You got you got pay per views. Premium live right. events. I mean, whatever you want to call, whatever you want to call. The WWE goes to Saudi twice a year. As much as we hate it, I mean, they're making money. That WWE is making more money than they ever have. Right, and, and and Chris, you and I are both in local media and some capacity. Do you know how many times someone said made the argument? Well, how many people listen? You know, on online or how many? When you add everything up, when you go through the interactions, when you go through things, that's how you get your true rating. You got to have a median of 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 different dynamics, right, to things, and not just and, to and, catch and, it all. And ratings is just a small part of it nowadays because, right. you know, people record, like you said, people record the show and watch it later so they can fast forward through the commercials because they don't want to watch the commercials. Absolutely. I mean, or they go on YouTube and they catch the they catch their clips that they want to watch. 
Well, that's they, also. I mean, they hear they hear everything. I mean, like I said, the Blues game tonight is on a streaming service instead right. of on Valley Sports Midwest. So, right. and the Cardinals are going to be on Amazon Prime. They're also going to be on Apple Apple TV. So, I mean, I mean, the way I look at it is, you know, when we talk about that, also people will ask us, and I think Dick, you just uh, touched on this when. When all of us will do a certain show, whether you do your radio show or I do a podcast or we do this podcast, and people will ask us, you know, how many people are tuning in as it's going on live? Well, honestly, it's hard to use that number to reflect on the success of the show because, like it's been touched on by all of us, people will just go back and listen anytime they want. We air it live because this is our scheduled time and people will tune in, but People will always tune in afterwards or on a different time on their own when they're able to. That's right. just how it is, especially these days. Well, right. and, and, and not to kind of jump gun here, but since we saw some time and we have the one and only uh, DJ Big Sexy, uh, Chris Rodell, in attendance, I got to ask you this. You know, uh, as speaking of people tuning in, there's no surprise that when Dick Douglas goes in the Dynamo Pros ring that people tune in. I mean, if you look at it, I have the most views on YouTube basically in the last three months out of Dynamo. I mean, I hate to be that guy to throw it out there, but I'm going to on YouTube specifically. What do you think ahead they don't of put this much show? on YouTube. Well, they're, they're, they're going there. Show Saturday, whenever I come in and I win this battle royal and I, I go in and I win the, the, the championship for my movement. For well, 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 we know that's not going to happen, but I mean, I, I, I mean, the last two months, you've been booed out of Concordia Turner's Hall. Well, by a select group of people that by are by a select group fans. of people is the only people. It was the everyone in the building. You can't. The drunk okay, people can that we were just there for agree Ricky real fast before we talk about anything other about other things going on that Saturday? But let's talk about the fact of who booed me out, tried to boo me out last uh, last month. There was a group of people that witnessed Ricky Rodriguez get That's what I was saying. that witnessed Ricky, Ricky Rodriguez get killed. And the thing is, I was honest with them, guys. I told them I'm not the only politician. I'm just honest about my beliefs. The locker room's full of them. And that's what I'm here trying to save. It's trying to make wrestling a place for everyone. And that's what we're doing. And, and when you have people that support and only support a select few group of wrestlers. They follow him to every show. They sit in one little corner and they boo the snitch when he comes out. And they do things like that. And we all see him and they just buy their shirts. And they basically pay for these people to live. And then they're mad at me for saying it. Right? Will, and it's I just will, like... I will actually say that my cousin, my, my cousin who was at the show, who, who, brought, a, who brought a group this last time, my cousin is a huge snitch fan, and I could never be oh, more disappointed. Like I thought he was going to say Dick Douglas. No, God, no, no one's a Dick Douglas fan. But no, the, <laughs> but no, uh, he's a huge snitch fan, and I've never been more disappointed in anyone in my entire life. But that's yeah. fair. But um, so uh, no uh, we have this battle royal. Whoever wins it, or the final two, we're being told right, uh, go on for the chance to compete for the D one. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a it's gonna be a rumbles it's gonna be a Royal Rumble style match. You know, and when it comes down to the final two, it's a it's pinfall or submission. You know, I mean, we're, we're not expecting you to be there, Dick. But you know, I mean, you could possibly be there. I mean, hey, the maestro might well, leave the commentary table. Let's go. Can I say something really quick before? Because I feel like we got to get this addressed. I just want to make sure it's known. Thank you, Drew. I'm glad you liked it. Um, <laughs> but, 
you're so immature. <laughs> <laughs> Is there something funny about what I just said? I, I think I was just, uh, you know, kind of reiterating the fact he likes Richard Douglas, and I appreciate that. Um, but I want to get something out of the way really quick about Saturday. And I think I, I want to be serious about this just for two seconds here. You know, final two, I've been preparing all month, okay? I prepare. I do all these things. I go on local uh, news affiliates. I talk. I get the message out for Dynamo Pro. And by the way, I'm paying for it. I'm paying for it. Our campaign's paying for it out of funds that were legally generated. So we buy our time at Dynamo, and we're still not on the damn poster. Can you see, can you imagine this? Everyone who has been in the parking lot of Concordia Turners was on the poster this month. Did you see I'm that? Not, except, I'm except, not on the poster. Except for Richard Douglas, a guy that's going to compete and be the fu- – I'm going to win. I'm going to win. Do you honestly I've think that – I've if, been winning since Dustin Road School. Whenever we beat Corey Cooper, and then all of a sudden I get attacked by a zombie. When I beat Magnifico when I came back. When I almost beat Ricky Cruz, and no one wants to point that one out. I was almost IWA heavyweight champion. But I don't get a spot on the poster, and all I'm trying to do is make wrestling a place for everybody in St. Louis. Do you, and it's do disgusting. You, and I hope Dynamo Pro Management's watching this because when I won that title, D won specifically Saturday. Executive championship rules will be in effect from that point forward. Do you, Executive do you honestly, champion rules. Uh, can you shut up for a minute so I can talk? Do yes. You, <laughs> do, you, do you honestly think if you were standing in the final two across, across the ring from someone like Big Vic or Mike Outlaw that you were going to come out as the D1 champion? I mean, I'd be happy to call how that goes. So. Well, uh, first of all, the last time I was in the ring with Big Vic, he obliterated Luke Roberts at the Lodi Dock in Grafton, but we'll have more on that later. Um, and You, lo- the, you loved that moment, and, didn't you? And Big, I did. Big Vic, by the way, and, and I are, are great friends. Big Vic believes in our movement. I don't know if you've seen Twitter, but he's a huge supporter of the messages that we're trying to get across. And I think if you ask him, he might like to have an elect and elect to have a Dick Douglas champion and might just jump over the rope. Who knows, right? It's professional wrestling. Anything could happen. And Mike Outlaw, I mean, he's a legend. Mike Outlaw's great, but he's no Dick Douglas. And that's no something gimmicks. we need to consider here. Okay. And we need to take that in with a big grain of salt because let's be honest, same Mike with Ricky Cruz. Same with, Mike same Outlaw with, hasn't done the things Dick Douglas has done. Like same, same with Ricky Cruz. You really think that you're going to eliminate Ricky Cruz? I've, I've already, I've, I've taken Ricky Cruz to the wire. You know, let's be honest here. I, I almost ended a reign of championship. The only reason I didn't win is because Chris K cheated me, somebody I trusted. And, uh, you know, it gets to a point where it's almost as annoying as people commenting as Facebook user trying to ask me to move along. And it's just not going to happen. You know, I mean, it is it's very frustrating, you know, and it's just and when you have the names, right, the names you just said, legends, but they're no they're not a Dick Murdoch. They're, they're, they're where are the Dick Murdochs of the day. It's time for Dick Murdoch to be reincarnated, to have the Von Erichs be reincarnated. Their message you, be you are you are the Dick Douglas. We you only have room for one Dick in Dynamo Pro. You are you are the reincarnate of the Von Erichs and 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 Ric Flair and Dick Murdoch and Thank everybody. You. Hey, I, no, no, that's go, a que- that's a question mark. That is not a statement. I, I know I'm a reincar. Our movement is a reincarnate of what they believe professional wrestling to be in St. Louis, and it will be again. So if we're in the ring with the Mike Outlaw, Ricky Cruz, and Adrian Surge, I hope it's a Ricky Rodriguez, so I can throw him over right next to his stupid fans. It's going to be good. And we're going to compete with them. We're going to stand them toe to toe, look them right in the eye, and tell them they need 
Dick now, Douglas. This is the That's thing. The Hang on. The thing about Ricky Rodriguez's fans that we need them at these shows because if they're not there, Dick, who's going to buy the beer? Are you calling them alcoholics? No, no. I'm just, I'm just saying they're. It's the, it's the entire town of Fairmont City, Illinois, that comes to the shows. Well, they rent, they rent, <laughs> that's a fair point. They rent, they rent buses and come over, and I love it. They are, yeah, they it, are it, freaking it, awesome. You gotta admire it, honestly. It is actually absolutely. Really but let's talk about this. Um, you know, um, we also have a couple of other matches, right, Chris? That are going to be Saturday. Yes, we got uh, we got Camaro Jackson going to defend against ATM. Uh, he uh, Camaro Jackson actually challenged ATM to this match because Camaro wants to give people that haven't gotten title shots title shots. Right, and well, and why isn't he giving Dick Douglas? I knew that was going to oh. be. Like, I'm not trying to start anything. Knew well, it. Let's be honest here. I have eleven thousand views on one video on TikTok, and like all of a sudden, I'm still a nobody. I don't understand this. Our movement reaches more people than all of them combined. Every wrestler in that locker room, all of them. Every wrestler in Dynamo, and I still don't get called. I don't get called to bring the crowds, and it's it's honestly it's honestly discerning to me. It's very discerning. But I will ATM's say, I will say to Dick Douglas's credit, people tune in when you talk. People Sorry. people tune to hear him get booed out of the arena. But I mean, I mean, it's it's it, I get I guess they're listening. That's all that matters. I get. I, and you well, get, my, my, it is going to be a good match with Camaro and ATM. It really is. Those two guys are, are phenomenal. And also, also for the women's championship, Rain Victoria is going to take on Blair Onyx. Uh, Blair Onyx is the spider of the, of, rest, of the independent wrestling world. So these two have fought before. So it's going to be a great match. And uh, Dragon, Brand New Dragons Guild is going to take on the Butcher, Damian Blade, and Cayman. So, oh, they're going to get killed. Who? Who? The Butcher and Cayman? <laughs> no. Um, and, and no, Renee Martinez, it's not. I was just trying to get some stuff out for our. our where See, our Renee, if you, came into, if you came to the show, we would be able to talk about things you wanted to talk about. Yeah. But, but um, I just wanted to get a couple more of those matches out because. Big uh, Dynamo Pro Wrestling.bigcartel.com is where you can get tickets and see Dick Douglas at the city on the hill.org. Renee Martinez, talk to me about your I 70 sports podcast tomorrow. Renee Martinez isn't here. It's Jeremy Carp and it's uh, Haas and it's Chris. You, you said Renee Martinez. No, I, I was saying I was saying in, in to help Renee Martinez and not have him. Oh. We'll, we'll, we'll so, so Haas, I believe there's actually a sh- is there is WDWA running this weekend? I believe I saw uh, that. Yes, they are. They are. They have a big show coming up this weekend. Uh, they have their Holy Grail show, um, which there will be a uh, tournament going on for the Holy Grail, and the person who wins that will get a uh, future um, world title shot. Can we set? Can we send Dick Douglas up there to participate? In the That's Holy another Grail? thing. Actually, thank you for bringing this up. You know, okay. I wanted to go on a Thank You America tour. My team told me no. But I feel like if people just started booking me from this podcast, I'd be done in like two months. I feel like we have listeners in every country. So you, uh, so, so you want to you go to Kansas City? You want to go to West Virginia? You want to go to Virginia? You want to go uh, – where else Where else do you want to go? Well, any Cuba. place I could buy a trailer and say it's my residence. Uh, no, um, but <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. And you know that was okay. funny. Okay. I'm that having was, a that was, great. that was funny. Thank you very much. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, but uh, no, uh, I want to go everywhere. I, everyone needs Dick, right? And everyone needs this message. And and I, I would love to go to Kansas. I've already been there once. 
Oh, and at AWR at the end of April. Oh, I thought it was going to say John ha- uh, Hardcore Haas was uh, broadcasting. But Nida in Espanol, I love it. Yes, yes, he, he's going to be the official Spanish broadcasting. That's oh, I feel bad for the table he's going to be sitting in. And that is that is actually kind of awesome. I that mean, really is super cool. That, 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 is a super, you, that is a super cool opportunity because it's going to boost Renee. And honestly, Renee is uh, looking to become more into the Spanish broadcasting world. So you Really know. cool. And I support the night owl. I just don't support him phoning it in and calling off on a, on a day that he knows that he's going to be here with Dick. Doug. It's okay. But I'm not trying to start anything. I was sick. You know, when I had to do this, but. I was going to say, didn't you call off a couple of weeks ago? And, and no, I was here. I was sick. I was sweating, but I was here for my people. And that's why people are supporting Dick Douglas. I mean, it's simple, right? Uh, but um, let me ask you guys this. Uh, here we go. You guys have a podcast tomorrow. What are we yes. going to talk about in that podcast? What topics? Are we going to get to learn about Chris Rodell a little bit? Yes. Yeah, that's yes. Plan. Yes. You're going to learn about my, my not just wrestling, but my fandom for the St. Louis Blues. And even maybe we might even talk about the Cardinals a little bit. I mean, I have I have this bu- huge thing about the St. Louis Blues. So, And the St. Louis Blues are actually going to be in uh, Wichita, Kansas, for a preseason game. So, Renee, I might be coming to your area. Look out. Sound the alarms. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, <clears throat> that'll be really cool to listen uh, to, uh, to uh, hear tomorrow and catch. And um, what did Renee Martinez say? I, I'm Some, trying to read comments, but I can't read them that fast. Something, something about the Oscars. Oh, boy. Wow. Well, and guys, you know, talking about the Oscars here, uh, you know, the biggest work of them all. Uh, no, didn't you miss but, a Tuesday because you were at the State of the Union address? Well, that was that was March third, uh, uh, second or March first. Sorry, uh, when I was in D.C. Uh, greeting our president, uh, watching him uh, give the State of uh, the Union. But anyway, uh, neither here nor there. Um, this is something that's kind of interesting, um, and it's the topic of the new uh, the future of NXT, right? There's some people, spe- you know, a lot of people aren't liking this. And I wanted to wrap up the 8 o'clock hour if that's what, you know, we're getting ready to be in the shoot and shout uh, segment, correct? Right? Or are we kind of past that and onto the greener pastures, right, Haas? Hey, uh, you know, right now I believe we're still in the uh, high spots. And, you know, unfortunately our, uh, our first hour guests will not be able to join us tonight. Um, it happens. To- technical difficulties so hey they're going to be at dynamo this weekend we are uh we're Jesus. good for whatever you guys want to do i tell you, and, you, you right you, but you, um you, you know real quick stop right? stop trying to tell bad jokes that's a fact it wasn't a joke well i mean they're they are technically going to be there but it's still it's still a bad joke so and well you know it's all about how you look at R- it renee renee wants to do uh mlw <laughs> renee wants to be an mlw someday as a spanish broadcaster so you will uh well renee will he's he's great but uh you know i wanted to kind of talk about this uh, uh nxt right uh we can look back at what was the black and gold and what now is the tie-dyed uh studio show that we're witnessing is this the future? Is this Vince's future? Is this what he thinks sports entertainment is going to look like in the next couple of years? And is that why he's getting the younger guys to start doing more studio based stuff? Are we going to see the end of uh, the actual live touring uh, portion of WWE and just have them do pay-per-views? 
I mean, do they really? I, I mean, I again, I would have to go back to look at their gates. I mean, what are they drawing on their house shows? I mean, what are they drawing on their as compared to live TV or live premium live events? You know, they had they had a what they called the Saturday night's main event show this past week. You know, that would have been cool. That would have been a cool little network add on. You know, put it on. I mean, do you really need a whole bunch of stuff? You're, you already got your guys there. I mean, you don't need a full setup for TV, you know, a couple cameras, a couple of announcers. Even if you don't want to pay the announcers to go there, put them in the studio. I mean, we've learned we've learned through COVID that baseball and hockey can be called through a studio and a TV feed. So, Well, and, and too, to be honest with you, I, I think that's a better way to call it. Not necessarily in a – oh, uh, we were a couple of questions. And actually, not to we'll, – we'll kind of go a little bit into the – Renee had a good question. A couple of minutes of a break. Um, but <laughs> you're right. And with, uh, wrestling, it's probably better to watch something like that higher up and not at the ground. Cause it's so hard to see everything that's going on in the ring. And we've seen Michael Cole, uh, stick to the I, monitor I mean, recently. And I mean, and you, and, and you, and you know, Colt, cause you used to sit with Luke and call Dynamo Pro. So, I mean, from sitting where you're, where you're located at, sometimes you don't see everything that happens. Correct. I mean, I, I, I mean, I know you're, I, 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 do realize that I saw you stand up several times, especially during during big mat, big moves and stuff like that. So I mean, so, right? I have that issue. Uh, and, and guys, not to kind of uh, kind of cancel this topic, but Renee brought up a good point that I completely forgot about. And with uh, Rodell being in here and Jeremy, a couple Missouri guys and Haas uh, adding on to this Missouri Athletic Commission announcement. Um, I kind of want to touch on this real quick, just because I think it's important. Um, but I also think it's important to to note. Uh, the absolute uh, ill patience of a lot of the wrestling community uh, on this matter. Um, and, and so I'm just going to get my two cents out of the way. The commission made an announcement that they were going to uh, tax uh, or add a 5% tax on top of, you know, have the tax on top of that charge a dollar surcharge per ticket. No, so the, five, the five, the five, the 5% surcharge was already there. Is already there. That was already there. The dollar surcharge was added on. Which includes comp tickets as well, not just right. not just sold tickets. It's a comp. If someone comes in as a comp ticket, it's a it, it it's it, it's a it, it it goes on there. So it's right. five. It's a dollar per ticket plus the five percent revenue. Right, and, and and so with that being said, I I kind of just because you know I was kind of looking at this from a different perspective outside of wrestling and was going to do a story on this and kind of do a couple of different things because the way. Twitter made it seem like at first was this was a done deal, hands were wiped, this is over, and they kind of stuck it in the face. And not necessarily the case, right? So I called three people that knew the situation better than I did and better than a lot of other people did. And I was reassured that, you know, there's going to be a time to talk, right? And there was going to be different things that could happen. And while it's good to raise awareness and to get people involved, I think there are certain people that were calling bloody murder against a government entity that but, in, all, in all seriousness needs money to run. And it's the state's fault because the state should be funding them. It shouldn't go on to. That is true. I will. I will. Motors. And, and, not, and just to let me finish this real, point real quick, because I know that we, I'm, I'm actually really curious to see what, uh, see what you have to say here. It actually, the people that kind of were calling for this commission to be abolished, over over this proposal are just absolutely ridiculous in, in a sense because what the commission gets rid of is a lot of the junk that we see in Illinois, a lot of the junk that we see in places that aren't regulated. How many backyard promotions that give work on a five dollar a ticket show 
hot dog and a handshake deal with guys that are bleeding all over the place that aren't tested, that aren't regulated to test, that don't have to be licensed, have no training. It, it, and we need some of that, right? But we also need to learn patience and understand that we have to communicate first before we call for heads to roll in a state office. Okay. Okay. Can I, can I, okay. I, I understand where you're coming from. I don't know who you talk to. So I'm glad, I'm glad you probably, you're, you're in the media. You, you would do a show on KTRS every, every week. So, well, I mean, I mean, I, I understand, but on that, on that email that was sent out, this was going into effect April 30th or right. in that, in that area. So are you saying that it's not going into effect April 30th? No, they didn't say it was a done deal. They said we were going to take time to hear uh, concerns. But and see, this that was, was a, this that was, was a proposal date. That was no, that was nowhere in that email that they sent. Absolutely. I'm just telling you the people I talked to who run promotions and that do this thing, they were informed in an an email and they, and I actually saw it, that they were, this was a proposed date that these were going to start, but they were going to hear concerns. And there were three separate dates that we're forgetting, right? It was date one, date two, date three for proposals. But let's be honest, pro wrestling took the least of the brunt of it. Boxing took bigger hits than anybody else. And, but but also wrestling takes the biggest hit on permit fees. Okay, if you look at the, if you look at the application for permit on wrestling, wrestling pays one hundred and fifty dollars per show. Boxing, right. MMA, everything else pays twenty five dollars per show. Right. I mean, so I mean, I like the commission for what they do and making sure that everyone has blood work and physicals and stuff like that. But this is if this rule goes <laughs> into effect, it's basically them backdating what they didn't make in 2020 and 2021 due to the pandemic because they didn't get Vince money. The the WWE feeds the, because the state doesn't uh, um, finance them, which we can talk that, that can be talked about in a completely, completely different way. That, that, that is something completely different that there's a state agency. There's a state agency that the state doesn't fund. That, well, and that's, that's the thing, and I and that's what my point was. And I wasn't disagreeing with you because there's certain things I don't like about it. But the bigger conversation needs to be why the hell the state isn't funding this, it, because it puts such a pressure on the promoters that have a close relationship with these commission guys that are all just trying to stay afloat. And that's where I'm kind of at. I, I don't know if that's where you're at too. Well, it, it's just that dollar is going to cut. I mean. Journey Pro, our friends on Journey Pro at KC, their their promoter put out a really good timeline, really good tweet thread of like talking about taxes and stuff like that. That mm-hmm. a three hundred dollar ticket, a three hundred dollar front row ticket at a WWE show, you add the extra dollar onto it, it's going to make the percentage from five to like five point three percent. Right. But if you're a promotion that's charging only five dollars for your tickets, you add an extra dollar to that the percentage is going to be up to $25 or 25% of the, right. of the ticket costs. So that I think is what everyone is up in arms about. Um, is it a bad thing though? Cause we've seen these $5 promotions, man. And does it actually do a service to keep them around? But in those areas that those $5 promotions run in, that's all they have. They don't get, they're in these little towns that they don't get 
they're not anywhere as close to like a Kansas City or a St. Louis or a Jefferson. We City have it lucky out here. When... We have it. We have it absolutely really lucky because but, we've got Dynamo Pro, Journey Pro, or Glory, Pro. Glory Pro. We got that week, Anarchy. Saint, the St. Louis versus the World show that's coming up in a couple weeks at the Grandel Theater. Um, we've well, got and, 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 and I understand SBAC. I mean, I, it's I just, totally understand yeah. that. But but why isn't I? And I get the fans don't have much in that five dollar promotion. Uh, you know, they you know they only have a certain area they can run because they're in the middle of nowhere. I get it, but why isn't one of those guys saying, you know what, we need to do better? Because I mean, in all seriousness, how many guys in St. Louis took the ball by the bull by the horns and created something different because they didn't like a way a promotion was running? And you Renee, know? Renee yeah. just nailed it on the absolute head. The profitability of local wrestling shows is already razor thin because it's at this time of the year right now when they're announcing this. Promoters, because every two years you have to get a new, you have to, you have to renew your life and you know it yourself. You have to renew your license every two years. I understand that. And it's now, but you're, you're, you're having to pay the promoter's license. You have to pay for every show that we're running. Yeah. But here's where I'm kind of getting at. I hate to be the bad guy, but just because someone wanted to start a promotion with no financial stability, isn't my problem. You know, and I hate to be that guy, but if you're going to start a company with no money and you're going to operate on the hope that people show up and not have a backbone and a, and, and a, and a foundation in case that nobody does to support your staff and to support your company, you know, that's not on anybody other than the guy that wastes his money. And I do get that, but the thing of it is also not everybody is fortunate enough to have a big financial backing to start a promotion. Then they should. So I do see. I do see why one. you. You know, and I'm not calling you out. Believe me, I do understand the perspective of. And we're, why and we're should like, it be our problem? But at the same like, time, we got to at least understand why it's a problem they're enduring, and why now it's going to get worse. And we're we are though, and that's we're, why, I mean we're thinking too much about it from an emotional standpoint here. I think it's business. I, I personally just think it's like. It's, it is business, definitely. It's business. It's business. But I, I mean, I wouldn't go as far as some people said that it's extortion. I may have, I may have jumped on the extortion thing, but it's them making up for a government agency that, again, we need to have this conversation. Why isn't the Missouri State Department of Athletics funded? They're under the Missouri Department of Professional Registration, which thank you. Which, which not only is wrestling, it's the beauticians and pharmacists and pharmacy techs, right. doctor, doctors and teachers, I believe. Everything is under that Department of Professional Registration. The Missouri Department of Athletics is under that. Why aren't they getting funding? I'm not saying you need to fund them millions and millions of dollars every year because they're a small department. Um, it's just, I, for my it's Tim and it's the secretary and several other, there might be a couple other people in the office. And then it's the, they pay the, 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 uh, inspectors like Bill and Chris Powell and Carl right. to go around to the, to, to go around. So, so I mean, he, here's what, and that's where I'm kind of getting at here. It, it sucks, but I think the biggest conversation needs to be everyone that raised bloody murder over this proposal why don't we raise bloody murder over what you just said? This would stop the whole thing. Missouri is in a billion dollar, hundred billion or hundred million dollar surplus where they don't want to spend money, right? There's, there's been the whole thing in Jeff City. It's been the whole thing in a lot of local governments is we have money to spend, but we don't know where to spend it. And it's going to go away. 
Um, and, and so maybe it's time to say, let's reallocate some of those funds uh, that we need to get rid of anyway into that. And so that's where you call a Governor Parsons office or you call a, a Peter Meredith or a local rep that's in and your area. I have, I have, I have emailed my local, my, my, oh, current, yeah. my rep, my rep, my state rep, which I had to look up because I don't know their names on a ballot and I don't really pay that much attention to them because it's the local, I mean, they don't do that much for you. Right. So I emailed them and then not that you're going to get anything from your congressional reps, your, your representative from Missouri, <laughs> two, from your Missouri two, and then your two state senators. Um, no, you aren't. All no, I got was, all I got was form letters back saying, thanks. We'll look into this. And, and they won't. And, and, and they're not because they've got other fish to fry. They got, they, they have, they have the whole country to worry about. Whereas you're, you're better off going to your Missouri state reps and your Missouri state uh, uh, senator. Right. And, and, and I'm going to that was kind of I think we're, I was kind of using that as a way to transition to shoot and because we might take a couple of minutes of a break here as we wait for our next guest to come on, if that's cool, Haas, in a, in a minute or two. But I wanted to bring up Renee's comment before I flip it over to Jeremy and Chris here about Bill Gates again, because that's a great comment. And I think it's something great to discuss. Uh, just a, a point to make on this. Uh, you know, I get it. My uh, Sean Combs, Bill Gates started shoestrings. A lot of companies start shoestring, right? Vince McMahon was on a shoestring when he bought his dad's company, but he didn't, they all didn't start these companies and shoestring them on a oversaturated market in their area. They were a one of a kind. That I do agree with. And and so it's time to realize, you know, certain things, right? So uh, that's what I'll leave it at. Uh, Whatever you guys want to finish up and wrap up with. I just thought it was an interesting conversation to have. I don't disagree with either of you at all. Yeah, I yeah, was going to say, I do uh, agree with you, Dick, on that point where, okay. Like I, 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 will, I will admit, I have not seen any of the further emails, if there were other emails that were sent to the companies, because you only, like you said, you only hear about the, the things that make the news. Right. So, um, but I mean, I just, I don't, I don't like it because it's going to make, it's going to make people, it's going to put promoters into a bind where, you know. They they have to choose one or one or the other. So Maestro, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. No, you're good. I was just saying, yeah, I understand because okay, we are like I said, extremely fortunate that at least for you know Dick, Chris, myself, we are in a very wrestling rich area as far as promotions and as far as. Hey guys, give me a couple of minutes, a couple of seconds. Um, and, go, yeah, go away, Dick. Yeah. We're, we're, and we're, anyway, the show just got the show just got 100 percent better. Ratings are through the uh, roof. I'm just kidding. I love I love Dick Douglas. But he's, he's I do agree with him on the point where you know you look at what Renee said about Bill Gates and Master P and Sean Combs, you know, but professional wrestling is becoming an oversaturated market. There are, and I I love the ambition that guys have, guys and ladies have, on wanting to start promotions. The thing of it is, if you have a 30-mile radius and you have, let's say, 15 promotions, you're going to have to pray that you have a loyal fan base that will watch as much wrestling as they can handle because otherwise – you are really about to struggle when it comes to trying to get any type of financial profit out of it because, you know, there is that thing of an oversaturation. That's why you can't have one too many of anything in sports. 
Otherwise, people will not tune in. And with professional wrestling, it's even harder because, say there's 50 uh, professional wrestling promotions. Five to eight max will find a way to distribute via media, whether it be on a TV deal or on a local streaming network avenue. The other 42 are going to struggle to find a way to keep that loyal fan base. And yes, this does put a whole damper on the ambitions of a lot of upstart promotions. Um, while it's not necessarily a problem per se that we have to endure, it's something that affects us because we're in the wrestling industry. All of us are in some way, shape, or form. So we're going to go to the shows and we're saying to ourselves, hopefully we can keep going because how it gets affected with the Missouri Athletic Commission. And, you know, we'll just honestly, best way I can put it, We'll see where it goes from here. I just know that it'll definitely affect more people than it'll affect others. And unfortunately, that is how the world works. And it's terrible to say it and understand that that is true. But it, it, it does suck. It absolutely sucks that you know, some people just can't get the shot that other people can. Even if they have the same amount of heart and ambition, you know, but shit, it's 2022. I guess that's just the way it is. I, I, I mean, people are breaking. People are so in their corners right now. It doesn't matter what you talk about. You you could talk about how the sky is blue and someone's going to be like, oh no, the sky is the sky is red. You know, the, the sky is not blue. I don't know. What, what are you talking about? So it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's crazy. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. Oh, oh was Rodell having a boo boo right now when I was? No, gone? no, no. We we're just talking about how everyone is so in their their own oh yeah their own well, and, their own corners right now. Where if someone said the sky is blue, someone's gonna come up to you and be like, "No, the sky is not blue. Are you are you are you drunk or something? You're, the sky is like red, you know." Yeah, because I, mean, I was I was telling him basically, you know, that like you had said earlier, Dick, it, it is an oversaturated market, especially out here in St. Louis. We got a bunch of great wrestling promotions, but let's understand there's key word in there is a lot. And, you know, with people that are wanting to upstart that don't have a true good financial backing for it, it's just become a much harder endeavor for them. And well, it is business. It's, it sucks. And it's heartbreaking, but at the same time, it is just how the business is. So I do agree with you know your. This is why I think we need a governing body. I've said this for the last six months since I came back from Austin. We need a governing body. We need not say we need a president of wrestling, even though I'd make a great one. But I mean, it's just it's to the point where you need somebody to make some real rules here. And there's only there's very few states that have like a state athletic commission that, that oversees things. And most of them run the same way. I believe they, someone said when we were talking about it is pretty, is pretty strict though. From what I Kentucky's is locked down. Yeah. They're very tight on their rules. But I also, also saw whenever this was going down, the people, our friends at the Arkansas, uh, the the Nebraska pro wrestling hall of fame um, were, were, were about Nebraska used to have a state commission and it was so locked down that no one could run run in there. There'd be like one promotion that would run every one once a year or something. Mm-hmm. 
And now they've got now now it's it's Nebraska, so it's a smaller state. So, but but they have three pretty viable three four pretty viable promotions now that they they released some of the laws. So, I like the commission because again, it does the the testing to make sure to make sure that you know I don't want I don't I don't want to get in the ring with someone that's you know I mean. Are you sniff? Are you sniffing brandy? Are you are you, are you drinking brandy? No, I'm watching Dick Douglas for president of wrestling. I was <laughs> I was, was kind of stewing. In Good lord, lord, we do not need that. Uh, so I think so. Oh, but, by the way, uh, thank you, Herb Simmons, uh, for the uh, kudos on the conversation. Yeah, I thought it'd be something different to talk about on an impromptu way tonight uh, on on a great Tuesday night uh, in St. Louis and all over the the world. It seems like. I know I'm glad I'm jumped on. I, I'm I'm pretty sure Dick Lucas is pretty glad I jumped on to me to too. Help out. Yes, I mean I mean because you know some sometimes when you're on a live podcast you, you kind of have to jump on and help 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 your brothers out. So right, you know. well, we we appreciate that. And and uh, how much time do we have before our guest? Uh, well, act, actually, our uh, our guest is backstage, so I don't know if you guys want to take a real quick break and then come back with uh, Dean Fleming. Or rather, you guys just want to jump right into Dean, however you guys want to do it. So let's take a minute, a minute and a half, two minute quick break just to get reset. Let's get ready for our interview. And gentlemen, um, I am going to jump off and let you guys, I'm going to go back to watching on the, uh, on the, on the YouTube and the, and the uh, Facebook live. So I hope you guys have a great rest of the show. I just want to jump on and uh, guide, help guide the conversation. And I will see you both. The Saturday, at, and I will see you Korea. tomorrow you know, night. And I will see that guide the conversation, like he was. He was like the the anchor to the. Yeah, it's okay. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> and and I can't wait to get up to. I, actually, we all need to go up to Virginia sometime too, with the West Virginia area, catch a WDWA show sometime with Haas and and maybe we'll get lucky and see Joe get tased again. So let's I mean, hope so. I would pay extra out, for uh, that. I would. I would pay. I would pay money for that. I I mean, I, th- I think we could get a pool going, don't you guys think? Oh, think yeah. So. And, and you know where I would pay money for seeing Chris Rodell Saturday. Chris, thank you so much, man. Let's take this quick break All so right, we brother. can keep ha- our guests you guys have a- much longer. Oh, oh, okay. Well, he's gone. That was <laughs> When we come back, we got a great interview with Dina uh, coming up after this on the Wrestle Talk podcast on a Tuesday night without Renee Martinez and Jeremy Carp filling in. <laughs>
Welcome back, everybody, from that short little break there. Had a pretty good first hour discussion there. You know, due to uh, technical difficulties, our first hour guest didn't make it. But, you know, as what do you think? Oh, I thought it was great uh, to get Chris's insight on that's great uh, because and it's great whenever you have somebody. Uh, Chris and I don't always agree politically in any sense, but that's fine. Um, I really thought the conversation like that is, is, is how you get something done and uh, a lot of great stuff to talk about. Great interview coming up. And uh, thank you guys on the comment line for uh, keeping us going throughout. If you want to comment and ask some questions for the guests coming up, feel free to do so. But um, I, I want to make sure I'm following this right, Haas, because I'm normally not the guy in the I just kind of, I'm here for the duration normally. Uh, do I have to talk about our wonderful sponsors again of the Wrestle Talk podcast coming back from this break uh, in the eight o'clock, nine, eight o'clock hour? I mean, if you want me to, I'll be more than happy to. You know um, what, Jeremy? You go for it. You were right. stepped up to the plate, and I want to take a moment to highlight the best of the best that sponsor the Wrestle Talk podcast in Jeremy Carp's voice. All righty, so we got folk, we got everything combat, we got Kincaid Arcade for you in Kansas City, we got the Esports Bar KC out here for the state of Missouri, Interstate 70 Sports Media, Royal Mills Transportation, Painter's Dream Productions, Rathbun Engraving. Folks, Haas, show them the mug, show them why the mug is as awesome as it is and why it is worth a purchase. Look at that beauty right there, I'm telling you. Um, and don't forget, we got Me Fiesta KC party rentals for all of your party needs out there in good old Kansas City. And also, we have to make sure you ask for Pete at the Noble Men's Barber Lounge. And, folks, it is the premier professional wrestling fantasy group in the entire United States of America. And that is, of course, the one, the only, the FWWC. Thank you very much, Jeremy Carp, Hardcore Haas. I'm glad to have you here. I'm glad for this hour, or not really an hour. I hate, I hate when people come back and they go, we got an hour left. No, we don't. We got about 36 minutes because we're professionals and on the dot. And it's time for our guest this evening. I'm excited. I know you guys are as well, so let me get right into it. Our guest this evening, the one and only, the undeniable one, Dean Fleming, joins us now. Thank you so much for joining us, sir. Winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. for that awesome music dean how are we doing oh all is well all is well hope y'all are doing good tonight we're hanging doing pretty in good thank you all right no thank you so much for joining us tonight and uh, it's it's great to uh, have you on this uh, eight o'clock hour uh and we're looking forward to that and looking forward to hopefully a little bit of trivia along the way but uh just to get right into it uh and Renee Martinez is obviously very happy that you're here, even though we called in sick and I want to make it known uh, for, <laughs> for that. But um, let's just uh, jump right into uh, to your uh, career here as a professional wrestler. It's our uh, for my first time getting a chance to know you. So I just want to kind of jump right out of the gate with just uh, not really a softball, but just to kind of get to know you question. Uh, talk sure. to us a little bit about 
about your career uh, some and not in a like a Wikipedia way, but talk to us a little bit about who inspired you and uh, what what you uh, what your career in professional wrestling has looked like and uh, and what's led you up to uh, this point in your career. Sure. Uh, we'll, we'll get you going there. Well, um, I kind of always grew up a fan, you know, of, uh, of wrestling who didn't really, right. um, when WrestleMania came to Dallas in 2016, um, the first time around us, you know, that's when I really discovered independent wrestling who knew that it existed. I didn't, um, then it did. And people <laughs> were passing out flyers and all that stuff went out to some shows, uh, and, you know, eventually got hooked up with uh, Bobby Horn, uh, you know, Sir Mo from Men on a Mission, told me he trained me, said, sure, let's do this. Um, dang near killed me in a tryout, and then was like, hey, you're actually in pretty good shape. Do you, you know, how, how much, how far do you see this wrestling thing happen? I was like, hey, man, so I've got these athlete knees, um, and I'm not sure how right. much they're going to hold up. He was like, ah, oh, you'll be fine. Uh, so I started as a as a manager when I first came into professional wrestling. Um, so for the rest of, from October, 2016, when my tryout was uh, up until right about the uh, midway point of 2018, I did a lot of managing, whether it be for sword championship wrestling. Um, I did some commentary for DFW all pro um, and just did a few things here and there throughout the country, you know, traveling with Sir Mo and when we went to these shows and not to like talk bad about anyone in particular, but I would watch some of the, you know, the wrestlers and say, man, I can do that. Well, right. I'm, I'm, I'm just as in shape as it, or I'm in more shape than that. I've done that. So I said, you know what? Just put me in the ring. Do this thing. <laughs> well, and, and, and not to kind of cut you off here, but I want to point out how, how just to start off, so many people ask the question, what's training like as, as a you know wrestler? What's the first couple of months look like? And it's great to hear that I'm not the only one that's lungs were completely blown out and conditioning either. I think that that's normally the biggest shocker to people. It's like, wait, you aren't you aren't pile driving people day one? Well, no, you know, <laughs> that's not how this works. Absolutely. I, honestly, when we're getting people into our uh, our training academy here in Dallas or in, in Carrollton or even you know in the bumps and bruises they have in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. So all those tryouts, at least the ones for 501, or I mean uh, for uh, the 469 here in Dallas, they come through me. Right. They want to try out with bumps and bruises. It's with me. And I put them through the same thing that I went through um, so they can see what that's like. And that's always the first one. The number of squats kill them and then their lungs they're just right. breathing heavy with everything we do. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then uh, on top of it too, because I kind of had the same kind of path. I started off, you know, as a ring announcer before getting into the ring. But uh, just how does that? How do you think being a manager helped benefit you uh, in that, you know, long run? It, you know, getting into uh, stepping inside the ring was it good to see that perspective from an outside, you know, force as a manager to watch everything kind of play out and to learn that way? Is that was that beneficial to you? Um, it, it really was big time and I kind of got thrown into the fire with it. I was probably, uh, three weeks into training, literally about three weeks. And then, uh, Sir Mo said, uh, you're going to open the show with a promo. So good luck. Sorry. What? 
<laughs> You're like, excuse me, <laughs> excuse me, who? Right. So I did that, and then you know, uh, probably three months in, you know, we're we're at practice at training, and he starts pitching me the storyline, and so I go into it with him about, oh, you should try this, or maybe this and this, and then all of a sudden he said, by the way, you're booking the next show. Good luck. What? Sorry, what? <laughs> so I'm three months into this thing. I'm booking an entire show. I'm managing, you know, three or four four guys. So when we take <laughs> that perspective with everything, right? right? So I learned the the story, uh, the writing of it, what was supposed to come next, how it was supposed to go down, um, and then seeing all of that in ring style and and everything that happened, like right there, close up from the manager perspective and then really getting into it with the crowd. Like I'm very intuitive with them. I can pretty much tell what the crowd wants when they want it. And you know, when it's time to kind of back off on some stuff. Um, so gaining that insight in real time has really helped me with my in ring portion of it as well. Right. And uh, before I flip it over to Jeremy here for a couple, I, I got a question from Renee who's uh, obviously called in sick. Um, but that's okay. I uh, too. Uh, the question is: Have you ever drawn comparisons to Stevie Richards? It's it's been said before, you know, because of the old uh, shirt and tie with the IRS thing. People go there all the time. <laughs> right. um, the first time I debuted my in ring gear was because I was wrestling uh, one of our former fans, who is now one of our top wrestlers, and Nate the Great Lawson. Um, and I was wearing my manager gear for a good, you know, for two two of our three matches. And then when it came down to the final match, I said, it's time to get down to business. Took off the dress shirt and had the cutoff shirt with it. Same exact color and everything. It was gorgeous. The crowd, <laughs> the crowd hated it. <laughs> and, you know, I think it's great to point out that, so you have wrestled in a, you wrestle in, a, in more of a, of a business professional uh, attire, right? So is that fair to say? Uh, I have in the past, yes. Uh, the stuff. See, that I'm Jeremy, now, I just wanted to make it a point because I get killed for it sometimes. But I'm a. Yeah. I'm not going to go out. I like to wear nice clothes. You know, I'm. I'm here to to fight. You know, you can you wrestle in the suit. I'm glad to hear that I'm not the only one. No, I've done it before, but now you know everything <laughs> I got made there is is, is custom, right? Custom gear made. It there looks like dress stuff. Oh, but it's not. It wicks the sweat away. That's right. <laughs> I love it. I, I hear that actually. I right there with you. Jeremy Carp, don't let me take up all your all the limelight here. What do you got for Dean Fleming tonight? Well, you know, Dean has you've had the pleasure of wrestling against so many well-known names. One of them that comes to my mind is an absolute legend in the pro wrestling industry, and that's Greg the Hammer uh Valentine. Mm -hmm. What was it like being in the ring with him? So I read when I wrestled Greg the Hammer Valentine, we were uh, we were in Kansas at American Wrestling Revolution, which at that time was known as Kansas Wrestling Revolution. They changed their name, you know. Once COVID shut down and we came back, they you know they rebranded. Um, during that match, it was a triple threat tag match. Um, it was myself and Christopher Hayden versus the Buddy System versus Greg the Hammer Valentine and. Danimal, Dan the Animal, Danimal, um, up in Kansas. 
And I was in that match entirely too long. Didn't want to be in as long as I was, but Hammer wouldn't let me leave the ring. <laughs> he kept seeing how I was selling everything he was doing, <laughs> and I had to stay in the match. It was great. Um, a crowd reaction to that match, you know, in 2019, uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine is getting you still got it chance. Right. Uh, I'll, I'll, Take that how you will. That's how it went. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, you know, obviously it takes both competitors to really make the match flow. And, sure. you know, what is it for you? You know, you and Dick Douglas were literally just talking about the attire that you guys have worn in the ring and competed with. Mm -hmm. Okay. So just for those actually thinking them to themselves, wrestling in business attire tell them why that's not a good it's idea. all business attire because we're going to work and we're putting in that work every time we step <laughs> in the ring don't let them fool you dean just, oh, just thank you. it right there to them you get it look i gotta handle business and sometimes business gets dirty that's why i don't have sleeves Thank you. Don't take that crap from nobody, Dean. Don't let Jeremy try to step up to you like that. I'm appalled, Jeremy, that you'd ask them questions. Thought like I could get it right past them, but you, <laughs> I saw you away from the screen, and I thought this was the chance, and then you popped so, back in. Uh, before we go back to Jeremy, I, I got another question on behalf of Renee Martinez because, you know, I feel like I'm now his messenger for this portion of the show, which is fine. You know, he's just going to have to pay me more. What kind of adjustments did you have to make when you uh, – when you wrestled short sleeve, uh, short sleeve Samson, did you have to make any? No, I didn't have to make any adjustments at all. Uh, short sleeve Samson uh, was terrific to be in the ring with. Mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously his knowledge is completely there. So everything that we needed to do, we did during that time. You know, we knew what the fans wanted out of that match, and we gave it to them. Right, we gave him. We gave him some some comedy, but we also gave him some intrigue, and we gave him a little suspense until you know we had to take it to an end. So absolutely, sorry, Jeremy. Renee's comment came first. He's paying me extra. Hey, you know what? Consider yourself fortunate because he don't even pay me. Um, <laughs> you guys are getting so. Paid. <laughs> Wait a minute. He's talking about getting paid more. Like he, no. um, over here. Dean, let me tell you, he's always negotiating contracts, and I'm over here thinking, shit, I'm just Let me ask you this before I give it back to Jeremy. Sorry, Jeremy, but I just had another one about just the newer generation of wrestlers that we're seeing come up in the independent scene. Uh, you know, a mm -hmm. lot of times when I ask people this question, uh, um, a lot of guys say, you know, some of the younger guys are kind of, uh, you know, in their own, you know, in their own way. In a, in a sense, you know, maybe their attitudes aren't right and, and their mind for a lot of the older people in the locker room or a lot of the veterans, not really older, but a lot of the experienced guys. Um, do you see a, a, this uh, newer generation of professional wrestling as something that's kind of just different? So it's taking some, you know, a different style, a different, you know, match flow. Is it taking a lot of, uh, you know, experienced guys time to catch on to the, the younger guys? Or is it um, a time where maybe younger guys need to listen a little bit more? And uh, they're getting a little too overzealous and a lot. And just generally speaking, not a not, you know, person mm -hmm. A or person B, but just as wrestling as a whole, as younger uh, wrestlers coming in as a whole. Do you see that as a as a problem or a good thing for the business? I mean, with the uh, with the way wrestling is kind of flowing right now, I, you know, and this is going to sound like a generic answer, but there there has to be like a good medium between the two. 
For um, sure. Because the complete old, old school style won't always work just because, you know, social media uh, and outlets and stuff like that, you know, fans are, let me put this in quotes, smarter now right. than, than they were. At least they like to think they are. So you could still get away with some old stuff. But, you know, if you combine some of that newer, flashier style to go with some of that old school, you know, fight like mentality, mm-hmm. I think that's when you get the best combination and you get the most people invested into what it is that you're doing when you're in the ring. Right. So I yeah. think that's kind of where everyone needs to kind of sell their path. You know, one, one of the only things that I will you know, talk, you know, the the old school is always right on this is the not calling everything match. You know, you don't call it all. Let the fans dictate what happens. Right. Absolutely. You know, get your couple of little high spots in there that you know that, Hey, we got to do this because it's a transition or something like that. But then from that, it's just, you know, what, what are the fans? What do they want? Let's get them involved. Let's listen to what they have to say and go with their direction. Absolutely. Uh, Jeremy, you got anything before I throw it into a Renee's question again? <laughs> yeah. Because I was going to say, Renee's definitely uh, getting all the questions out there. Okay. So you had mentioned when you had actually said a high spot, it kind of brought me back to thinking about what uh, Haas and Dick and I were talking about earlier in the show. And I had mentioned about Daniel Garcia bringing up in an interview that you can be both a professional wrestler and a sports entertainer. Mm-hmm. How, how would you classify yourself when you walk out through that curtain into the ring? And how are you able, if both, to manage both? I would definitely say I'm a little bit of both. Um, and I'm a little bit more on the sports entertainer side of that, just because who I am as a person and as a character and all that stuff, I'm just an entertainer at heart. Um, If, if there's something the fans want, I'm going to give it to them, whether it's me yelling, looking like I'm crying, stuck in a dog cage. Trust me, I've done it. Um, You know, it's all about what, what do the fans want? But at the same time, they know that if I'm in the, once I'm in the ring and you know, you see that little flip switch, you know, I can do basically anything I need to do in the ring, you know, wrestling wise as well. So I'd like to say I'm a little bit of both, probably closer to that sports entertainer side because of, you know, entertainment. (laughs) I totally understand. So Renee, yes, does have another question and, you know, I appreciate it. So here we go. Your thoughts on Derek Ellis and AWR overall. What has your experience been like? Uh, Derek Ellis is one of the coolest dudes that I have met, um, especially promoter wise. Uh, He absolutely takes care of all the boys and girls and whoever else comes out to work for me. Absolutely takes care of them. Um, and, And AWR, draws let's just say that they know how to get fans in the door and that is because Derek goes out there uh, along with the crew that also lives in that area and they promote their asses off um there's every time we're in hoisington there are at least 400 fans packed into this uh 
you know, this gymnasium auditorium, you know, style uh, venue. Um, and it is a great fan base. So I have a great time every time I go out there. All right. Awesome. So, and, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Nope. Keep going, Jeremy. Don't let me knock you off your flow. Just <laughs> give it back to me. All right. So before um, we're going to hand it back, honestly, to Dick Douglas soon, but honestly, what I'm trying to do is save his vocal cords because I know him well enough to where come Saturday night, he's going to be pretty busy. Oh, no, um, we'll talk about that later. I want to know more about Dean Fleming. That, that's what I'm saying. His- so <laughs> Dean, I got to ask. So when you, that time you made your debut as mm-hmm. a professional wrestler, just what went through your body when you when you step out there? Like, and, and honestly, how big was the show that you had made your debut in? So when it comes to being actually the wrestler portion, not the manager that made a debut, the wrestler portion, right? Um, this kind of got thrown on us, you know, kind of last minute. We had a couple of weeks to prepare for it, but. At that time, me and Nate Lawson were kind of butting heads as manager and fan, um, and we knew what the crowd wanted to see. So Nate had just started training. I'm talking maybe two, three weeks tops. Um, And Sermo looked at us and said, we got to capitalize on this while it's hot. Uh, You guys are the main event. It's on y'all to sell this thing out. We had one of our top-selling shows ever that very first that very first main event the music hit was i nervous absolutely i was nervous uh just because i knew nate hadn't been training very long uh there were more people than we'd seen there in quite a bit of time but i kind of trusted myself too i knew what i was doing so i mean the nerves were there, but once the music hit and I saw everybody in the crowd, they kind of eased up. And uh, let me just kind of piggyback off that with, just with, you know, crowd with your matches and things like that. Can you give me a just what's the everyone has that feeling, you know, whenever they do a good whenever a match is just, you know, in their mind. Great. It's it's, you know, one that they envisioned. Everything goes right. You know, and we can always talk about how uh, how those great matches feel, but. You know, as somebody that's been, you know, as, as successful as you've been and how many, you know, great opponents and how many great, you know, matches you've had, what about the matches that don't go very well? What What's the, as somebody who's experienced and, you know, talking to maybe some of the younger guys out there that maybe just fell, you know, flat on their face one night and had a stinker, what, what's your what's your mental uh, battle after that? How do you, you know, kind of dissect that match going forward? How do you get better from, from one of those? And what's maybe your process and not, not definitely not don't take that as a disrespectful and think, sure. you know, Oh, it's, it's a stink fest, but uh, you know, maybe a match that wasn't up to your standards. How do you, uh, how do you uh, build off of that? I mean, sure. We've, you know, we've all been in that situation where we haven't performed a, like we thought we would, um, but coming from an athletic background with, you know, with sports in high school and, you know, some like intramural stuff in college and whatnot, you know, you always have that. It's the next play mentality. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's the kind of the same way in that, man, it was a bad match. All right. Next match mentality. uh, We got to improve on it. So, you know, just watch the match back, see what happened, 
see where it went wrong and say, oh, okay, so instead of that, I should have done this, should have been listening more here, probably called too much right here to just let it flow. You know, that that's really my personal uh, strategy for didn't perform well, want to perform better next time. Absolutely. And uh, just to kind of, just to keep the ball rolling here, some of the crowds that you worked with probably, you know, you've worked for big crowds, little crowds. What's the, what's the hardest thing to do? Some guys say that working the, the crowds of hundreds are the hardest or going out there performing and, and those situations are, are more difficult. A lot of guys say that, man, going out there sometimes when there's only 20 people in the, in, in the building is, is, is hard to win a, a crowd over. Have you ever had those experiences and, and what do you resort to it in times like that when you know it's going to be an uphill, you know, battle going mm-hmm. into it or maybe a little bit tougher? Sure. I mean, we just uh, experienced that, you know, within the last several months, we went to a town in, uh, in Arkansas that we, you know, hadn't been to. So not everybody knew us. We didn't really particularly draw as well as we'd hoped. And the crowd that was there, the entire, entire show were just kind of sitting on their hands. Um, Right. (laughs) Me as a, as a talker, uh, somebody that needs that crowd interaction back and forth. Like those are some of the toughest matches for me. Uh, When the crowd is is just kind of sitting there, you're like, I I have no one to pick on because no one's giving it back. Um, (laughs) Right. No kidding. And you're like, okay, what do I do now? (laughs) What's going on? I know. So at the, you know, so that's where it comes back to listening uh, and the best that we can, you know, so do they respond to the big strike? Are they responding to the the cool move, the rest hold? You know, just try out. It was just trying out different things. It's kind right. of a strategy there. It's like, let's see if something catches here. And if not, then let's just go through and get this thing done. <laughs> right. And and I know that we're kind of, we're, we're up coming up to the nine o'clock portion of, uh, you know, the show at the trivia stuff. And I kind of, I want to get a couple right. of other questions in because this is really insightful. I'm glad. Thank you for taking some time to talk with us tonight. Oh, yeah. um, the, one of the uh, questions I have for you as we're, you know, wrapping up, what, uh, what's the biggest accomplishment if you can say, you know, let's say you had to retire tomorrow on for, you know, God forbid you had to step away. What's the one thing that you hang your hat on going? This is, this is the, the highlight of it. This is the, this is the chapter to write on. Um, what, what is that moment for you? Um, I'm going to give you two moments. Um, and it, you know, it's kind of one of those things, but I'm gonna give you two moments. One mm-hmm. was when I became the first grand slam champion at soar. Um, and the reason that was such a big moment for me was because I was at soar for the very first event, um, and I've been there this entire time. So I've seen our our highs, I've seen our lows, you know, and everything in between, even to a point where there were plenty of people that when I was crowned the, the world champion for us the very first time, there were plenty of people that didn't believe in my ability as a, you know, because I'm a manager stepping into the ring now. And people had a hard time looking past that. Um, so to go in and, and show them that, well, everything I've done here, there's been success behind it. Yes, we know, you know, uh, we know what wrestling is as far as right. like, oh, this is going to happen for you now. This is going to happen for you now. But those things don't happen if the crowd's not also behind me. Right. Um, so just being able to pull that along was, was something 
really big. But then to even take that a step further was to get that that extra shine, so to speak, on on AEW Dark, um, which is where zero people other than me and Sir Mo and then the you know the band of of brothers and sisters and everything that I got behind me now at Bumps and Bruises even believed a thing that I could do. Right. Absolutely. And uh, just uh, before we, we give it back to Jeremy here, uh, just one last question. Uh, what's, what's the, on top of everything you just said, if you have a young guy that comes up to you and asks you for advice or uh, just kind of wants some of your, not maybe necessarily specific feedback, but just some thoughts on, on how uh, to take the, the journey or, you know, the path maybe to, how to look at it. What, what's your first bit of advice to someone that asks you and goes, Hey, I really want to do this. This is something I'm serious about. Uh, what, what's the first thing you tell somebody? Well, the first thing that you got to know is, uh, well, you're going to get beat up. It's just part of it. So, you know, can you withstand that? Next thing is you've got to have very understanding people in your life because you're going to miss time, you know, go traveling to shows, having shows on the weekends, um, but other than those, it is, you need to find a reputable school with reputable trainers. And it doesn't necessarily mean they went to WWE or, you know, AEW or any of that, but somebody that's got a track record of teaching things the correct way. Um, and you can see it in their students and everything along those lines. Like that's the biggest piece. And then, um, just, you don't know it all. So just listen. Um, and when they tell you to do something a certain way, try it out. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jeremy Carp, don't let me take up too much more of your time. Sorry, I got on a little bit of a roll there. What uh, What else you got for Dean before we head into the trivia challenge? I was going to say, I, I do got uh, one last question for Dean before we uh, head into the Russell Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge, which is always one of my favorite parts of the show. So, Dean, you know, honestly, uh, Dick actually usually asked, he, he just asked a question I usually ask at the end of interviews. Um, so I'm glad he did ask it. Um, but oh. for me, okay, so in professional wrestling, there's a thing known as paying your dues. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like for you early on having to do just that? And the, what is the impact it has on you now? all these years later in your career? I mean, starting out since uh, I was the first student for the bumps and bruises um, here in Dallas, we didn't have a lot of students coming in. Um, So when show setup happened, guess who was generally one of one or one of three or four that were showing up to set everything up. So with that, I mean, I just kind of, I learned where everything was at, but you also learn the importance of every person, every single person doing the job that they have. Um, and then you have that sense of pride that comes with everything. So like, you know, when the, when the ring's set up right and nobody else has to touch it, especially when the, you know, those vets get in there and try to, try to mess around and it's like man everything's good today You're like dang right it is me yeah right. it. <laughs> so you know just having that sense of pride is really Amen a big, to that. big part of that you know paying dues thing absolutely and, and jeremy just one last one before we get to the game show 
what's the future looking like for uh, Dean Fleming uh, coming up here in the next in the next six months? What's the plan, and uh, how are things looking for you? Well, in the next few months, I am going up to uh, AWR a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, got some good stuff planned for up there, but you know, back home here in Dallas, May fourteenth. We've got our open the door or the door is open show where that thing is getting defended by me against somebody. I I don't know who, but there's an open door challenge for it. You know, SOAR management's telling everybody, drop some videos and telling why you want that from Dean. And I wish I had something to do with that, but I don't. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and i'm getting all kinds of responses from it and i'm like all right i guess i'm kicking everybody in the face i don't <laughs> <laughs> well uh D- dean one last question from renee martinez who just had to do this to us because he loves to throw one last one uh this is about your aw dark appearance and i've heard somewhat about uh just how some of these uh you know it's a it's a long film day from what i've been told mm-hmm. in certain avenues um, so how was that uh, that appearance overall from the start to finish? And, and how was the energy uh, in, in the filming process of that day or the, the buildup for that uh, that match? I mean, overall, like it was a, a tremendous experience um, just being out there with, you know, guys the uh, same level as me, guys that are, you know, the, the name guys. Um, and every, and every, everybody there was was so cool, so chill. It was so, such a great vibe in the locker room. Um, the they're very much professionals when it comes um to everything after after matches and stuff like that too like i'm sure if you if you go back and you watch the match that i had with nick camarado um it was on the december 14th episode well the finish was a running alabama slam um in which case he just kind of flung me very hard (laughs) onto the canvas uh you know, as soon as I got to the back, everybody's back to like, are you good? Do you have a concussion? Do you need water? You need to see a doctor? Like they are like on top of it. That's so awesome. It was really, it was, it was, it was really cool. Everybody there was pretty tight knit. It was laid back. Like it was, it was a great experience. I recommend it. And then uh, before Jeremy, you take the reins over one last time and think, because I've heard the same thing. I've heard it was just an, an all inspiring kind of thing for, for someone to be so, and congratulations on being, you know, asked to do it. That's definitely a lot of, that's should be everyone's kind of goal and, in the independent scene, or at least one part of the goal. Uh, But Renee, uh, his daughter, Bella is 10 and she says she loves wrestling and says hi. So what's up, Bella? uh, Get the boss's daughter out of the, uh, definitely acknowledged here before I throw it to Jeremy. Well, honestly, all I have to ask for Dean now is if he is ready to face off against you, Dick, in the world famous wrestle pos- wrestle talk podcast trivia challenge. Oh look, there's Haas. Hey Haas, what are you doing? Is someone Let's getting fired? <laughs> oh no, no, am I fired? I, I had to come <laughs> so that I can get the game show music. You know that. Oh yeah, never mind. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> exactly. I just <laughs> sorry. So I think uh I don't know about you guys, but I think it's about that time, Haas. I think you gotta hit that music because we got a, a game show to do. All right, let's hit that music for Dick Douglas's first game show challenge.
time. Look, for the first time. Gotta let it play I just through. want to point out that I have played this game like a hundred times and I get screwed each time. First time my ass, first time I haven't been cheated, probably. That's <laughs> well, all I want to point out. You didn't out. know I was I'm ready. to play the music, so I assumed you didn't know what you were doing. I mean, hey. All right. All right. Let them all be for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Okay. Well, gentlemen. Welcome to this week's installment of the world famous Wrestle Talk Podcast Game Show Challenge. Tonight's contest is scheduled for the best two out of three falls. The contestants are the Wrestle Talk Podcast's very own Richard Douglas and the undeniable one, Dean Fleming. In a few moments, I will ask you both three questions about a particular wrestling topic. And. When you think you know the answer, all you'll have to do is shout it out. Thankfully, we'll be able to see it, thanks to our lovely friends at StreamYard. And Haas will be the tiebreaker just in case. So oh, if yeah, I'm Dick cool. Douglas, I'm a little, I'd be a little worried. Um, okay. So tonight's WrestleTalk Podcast Game Show Challenge category is titled Nicknames. Shit. I will give <laughs> information. <laughs> <laughs> That's Bill Coffee, folks. Oh, this is gonna be a long game show. All right, so it's about nicknames. I will give information about the nicknames of three professional wrestlers, and of course, when you think you know who the wrestler is, I'm talking about. All you gotta do is shout it out. All right, I would ask Dick if he's ready to go, but I think we already know how that answer is. Actually, so, Dean, uh, are you ready actually, to go? Yeah, I'm ready. All I just right. Want to point out, Chris Rodell said it beautifully uh, last month when he said Dick is already ready to go always at any time. I uh, said it at Concordia, and it means the same now. But yes, I'm ready. Thanks for asking, Jeremy. Okay, good. Just wanted to make sure we're all clear on that. Okay, <laughs> so, gentlemen, question number one. These are the nicknames. The highlight of the night. The man of 1,004 holds. Oh, uh, uh, Dean Malenko. Dean Fleming said it right. It's Chris Jericho. Oh, damn it. (laughs) I actually Uh, lost that time. I didn't get cheated. That one just stung. (laughs) That one just actually Uh, hurt. I don't know if I like it. See, you got to pay attention to the whole thing because it's 2004 (laughs) holds. That's true. That's a good point. Arm bar. All right. Arm bar. There you go. Can't forget the arm bar. All righty. Here we go. Question number two. Dick, you are still in this. Um, the ticking time bomb, the rogue horseman, flying Brian Brian Pillman. Ooh, I think Dick might have actually finished it faster on that one. That's disgusting. Uh, let's use Richard in that context. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, (laughs) you're being upset. About your name. Finally. <laughs> I knew I would get you to be upset about your name. I just knew. <laughs> all, right, all right. So we are all tied up. And now it is time for the tiebreaker. All righty. All right. Here we go. Question number four. We're waiting. Or actually, I'm sorry. Question number three. It's four. Like, why is it not three? Oh. <laughs> ADD, I can't focus on this. All right, here we go. Here we go. Minutes to read a question. You read the wrong damn one. Exactly. 
the guru of greatness, the Monday night delight, the shaman of sexy. Uh, what's the Jinder Mahal? That kind of sounds like sexy. no. Oh, Val Venus. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right. Well, none of them is this got guy that a known one. wrestler. Is this somebody that actually is like has a Wikipedia page? Yes. In okay. fact, I, but I'm going to move on. Since both of you got it, I'm just going to go on to the next question. The answer for that one was John Morrison. Ah, I should have so, known that one. All so right. Like yoga or something. That's how right. I know. Like yoga guy. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Now we're at question number four The Rookie Monster. The War Machine, the Man Beast, uh, Keith Lee, uh, no, no, uh, Sullivan. What's his name? Lars Sullivan. Is that it? No, nope. god damn it. Come on, Jeremy, <laughs> hit me with something else. What's another nickname for this guy? All right, Give me a good question. Beast. I don't know, Man Beast, Nick Camarado. <laughs> no, <laughs> nope. All right, so we're we're running. All right, here we go. That one was Rhino. Who made this quiz this oh, that time? That one was Rhino. These- oh. That was Rhino. All right, here we go. Th- this one, if you guys don't get it, uh, there's no hope for Probably not any hope then. Let's- All right. There <laughs> <laughs> we go. Too hot here. The we final question. Literally, this is the last question I have sent to me. So otherwise, we're just <laughs> We might it. set a record here, Dean. It might be the only ones to tie. We're yeah. tie. <laughs> it's not our fault, though. Those were bad questions. <laughs> All right, here we go. The bionic redneck. Steve Austin, let's move on. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Douglas got it. Dean, I'm so sorry for that game show challenge. <laughs> That's not a win. Okay, so congrats, Dick Douglas, on finding. This is the thing. Dick Douglas finally wins a challenge, a game show challenge, and this might have been the worst game show challenge. Thank you. It wasn't worth winning. Maybe I did no. It was. This was terrible. This was not. That was. That was brutal, question-wise. Um, and yeah, I, know, I know just who to thank for those questions. I don't know if uh, well, he Nick, you know questions. who to It's just I don't know nicknames. I, can, I, don't, I don't read the lower third of those damn entrance cards a lot of the time. Well, that's you know? There's now, a see, lot of nicknames Wait a minute. There. Wait a minute. Right. This proves why Vince McMahon is right and why he just cuts everybody's name down to just one word. Because – this look what happens when there's three names. Like I mean, I really hope that he doesn't bring up the prototype and the Leviathan and change their names. <laughs> no. That's true. There you go. No. <laughs> All oh right, Dean. Dean, I'm sorry about that. Uh, that was it's okay. Stuff. I didn't stand a chance anyway. <laughs> Dean Fleming, thank you. This was fun. Thank though. you. This, this was, was great, great, though. This was an absolute blast. Um, let's, on. Uh, one last time, let's get your social media out there. How can people find you? How can they follow you? And what's coming up show-wise for you? Sure thing. Uh, you could find me on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. It is all the same handle. It's at Dean Fleming. That's all lowercase letters, D-E-A-N, 
F-L-E-M-I-N-G 903. Um, you can see me on Facebook as Dean Fleming or the undeniable one, Dean Fleming, if you're looking for the fan page portion of that. Um, up Upcoming shows, we got April 30th in Hoisington, Kansas uh, with AWR. Um, then we got May 14th. Yeah, we're looking to fill some other calendar dates in there. Hint, hint, everyone. Uh, but I got May 14th at the Dallas Elks Lodge here in Dallas, Texas with Sword Championship Wrestling. And then I'm back in Kansas, at Wichita, Kansas, um, for AWR on May 21st. And that's some of the next few I've got coming up and still got some other tentative dates in there as well. Dean Fleming, thank you so much. And please come back. That was awesome, man. Just Absolutely. to have your insight. Because, I mean, we like to ask, you know, questions about the career, but it's also good to know the, a little bit about the person and how you think. And it, it was great to have you on and talk about some things. So thank you very much. And uh, welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast family. Thank you. I appreciate y'all having me. Hope you have a great rest of your night. Absolutely. Well, we'll have thank to do you. it again. Dean Fleming, guys, thank you very much. Jeremy Carp. I am very sorry for the uh, on behalf of the entirety of this faculty of the Wrestle Talk podcast for how badly I performed in the game show challenge. I never thought that would have been the case, but we now know I know nothing about uh, nicknames. So, uh, you uh, know, we were on the hosts. Us hosts were on such a losing streak that was probably needed- the ultimate way for it to end. But man, in all seriousness, guys, how great was Dean Fleming? That was that was a great interview. Oh my gosh, a little Dean bit Fleming, of a, great! Like, oh, just a great insight, great mind. I'll, I'm actually, I'm probably going to send him a message just to talk more about the business. Just a professional genius guy. Glad we could have him on tonight. Thank you guys for uh, listening. Uh, one last time, guys, what do we got coming up? Hardcore Haas in the future for Wrestle Talk podcast. We'll get to Jeremy and we'll wrap this Tuesday night up. Oh yeah, we got more great shows coming up, and of course. We're only, what is it, nine shows away from uh, 400 now? Absolutely. We're getting there. Absolutely. That's that's huge. And I'm looking forward to episode 400. We're, we're probably going to have a big shabuzi to do for that one, which we rightfully should. And uh, looking forward to it. Uh, Jeremy Carp, I-70 Sports Media, what's going on for you in the near future? All right. Well, you can find me at Dynamo Pro Wrestling this uh, Saturday night. Um Although I feel like, unfortunately, the ring will, the list of participants is already full. So I don't think I'll get my in ring debut shot. Can we just talk about how much bullshit that was that I didn't get put on the poster? I pay for my damn, uh, my damn time, you know? I take so, I know. I I give you that. Like, come on. At the very least, I've only been on every other poster for companies I've been on, but except for, I just can't do it this time. The one, the one company of all and that and it's dynamo i don't know i don't know what they got against you dick um but it's gonna be a fantastic show this saturday night at concordia turner's gymnasium um also for i-70 sports you know um tomorrow night at 7 30 central standard time uh roundabout sports we're on facebook um we'll be on the i-70 sports twitter and on the i-70 sports media well interstate 70 sports media youtube channel and Absolutely. our very own Chris Rodell will be the special guest. So you'll get to learn a lot more about, and Dick, please don't yell at me for when I say this, but the voice of Dynamo Pro Wrestling. Oh, that's fine. I'm, I'm just, the, I'm just the, the spearheader and political aficionado that's carrying that company to greatness. So I don't care. See, about there that. you go. I mean, you got, you'll always have a title. 
Um, may not be a D1 title, but it is a title. Ooh, okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> so before Jeremy can scorn me anymore, uh, Hardcore Haas, is that about it for us? Or we have anything else that I need to address tonight here? Uh, and of course, I do Douglas. one more before we do the full close, but um, oh, so. Okay. All right. and I'm well, pretty we'll get to sure. that in a second, but yeah. guys, I uh, want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, again, Renee Martinez being sick, uh, we all stepped in, had some guest uh, issues, but we had a great conversation the first hour, so be able to really have a genuine conversation on some genuine topics in professional wrestling. And, of course, I've only seen this message a hundred times. Damian Blade will be the new champion May, May, May 14th against Benjamin Trust for the MMWA championship. No, we'll have to see. It's only April, but yes, I, I want to get that out. Um, but also cityonthehill.org. You can stay up to date. Website is just about finished, almost completed. Um, so we're going to have a renovated website. It's going to look really good. A lot of good stuff on it, a lot of videos, all one hub and app uh, that uh, we're working on with the web developer too. So you can just download Dick Douglas on your phone um, and watch me win Saturday and become the D1 champion. And, guys, once again, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm going to turn it over to Jeremy, and he'll take you out tonight with his words of wisdom like he does uh, whenever he's on. So thank you guys again, and I'll see you in two weeks. Thank you so much, Dick Douglas. I'm telling you, folks, he is one of the brightest guys you will ever have the pleasure of meeting. And I know he may always bring controversial opinions, but quite honestly, he's still a pleasure to have around. To close out the show – you know, with times are still tough in the world. I know there's war going on overseas and our prayers are with everybody in Ukraine, whether they're fighting or just trying to stay alive and stay safe. We're always thinking about you out there. Um, there's a lot going on in the country these days and we just got to stay together, stay strong. And on top of that, Hoss, if you would like to please put on the hotline at the bottom of the screen, like usual, um, Mental illness is a very serious issue. Mental health is an important part of everyone's life. And so a while back I started and I do this on my shows as well as we do this here on the Wrestle Talk podcast. We put the National Suicide Prevention Hotline and it's 1-800-273-8255. It is 24-7, 365, 366 on a leap year. And it's always available. And if you live in another country and you're tuning into the Wrestle Talk podcast, there's hotlines for your respective countries as well. The most important message that I can give across is that there's always somebody out there that loves you. Um, we love you. We thank you all so much for tuning in on the Wrestle Talk podcast. You know, like Hardcore Haas said, we are on the verge of episode number 400, and none of us could have imagined being to this point, but we're so blessed. We're thankful for the lives we have and we're thankful that you all have stuck with us through all this. So on behalf of Richard Douglas, Hardcore Haas and myself, the maestro Jeremy Carp, thank you so much for tuning in this week on the Wrestle Talk podcast. And always remember life is a book full of empty pages, just waiting to be written in make your lives worth reading. God bless and good night. <laughs>